the number one draft pick uh, uh, video here, but we missed that. Uh, maybe we can slip that in for 1045 because I, I was going to come up here and say, you know, have my jersey and say, I was the number one draft pick at Troy United Methodist Church. Now I don't get to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Troy UMC. My name's Andy. I, I'm so glad that, that each of you are here. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, I'd love to, to say hi on uh, your, your way out this morning. Uh, and, and a special welcome to those of you who are newer or first-time guests today. We're really so glad you're here. Today, we're, uh, as you've heard, we're launching into a brand new message series uh, called Drafted, uh, which is all about helping every single one of us answer God's call into the body of Christ, the church. And, and this, uh, this is a very timely message series for us as a church. Uh, because uh, you may have seen or heard over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been looking to hire or, or draft uh, a new a director of children's ministry here at Troy UMC. And we, we thought a few weeks ago, we thought we had our person. And, and then uh, she decided that, that uh, it just wasn't the right timing or the right uh, fit for her. And so uh, you may have seen in a, in a couple messages that have gone out to the church that, that we're, we're kind of back to square one on that. And, and at first, that was a very uh, initially just discouraging uh, for, for me personally and for our, uh, some of our, our staff team. But, but after praying and really reflecting and trying to, to hear God's voice in the midst of it all, I, I think that God is using this as an opportunity to teach our church uh, something very, very important. And it's all the same message uh, that this series is kind of the foundation of this entire series. Uh, because well, when we do get our number one draft pick for uh, children's ministry, or, or maybe we'll get a couple of top draft picks and have two people fill uh, those, those, that very, those vital roles on our church staff. We may be tempted to think that, that, that those new staff people will just swoop in and after they get up to speed that they're going to come in and they're going to solve all of the growth challenges that we've had and, and save the day by doing the ministry. In fact, some of us may think, uh, whenever we get a new person hired, they're going to address all the challenges and I, whew, I can finally take a break. Uh, but, but if we were in the Old Testament times right now, say 2,000, 3,000 years ago, uh, we, we may be using the language of, wow, we, we really need to find us a couple of really good priests to take care of us. Priests? Uh, yeah, yes, priests. Uh, you see, in the life of God's people before Jesus came, uh, there, the, the priesthood was a super important role uh, uh, in the life of God's people. And it was set aside for just a select few people. Uh, the priests of Israel were born into their role. They, they had to be men. Sorry, gals, uh, you wouldn't get to be priests. Uh, uh, but they, were, they had to be men. They were born into a, a certain family. And we read in the book of Genesis that uh, the very first book of the Bible that there were 12 tribes of Israel, descendants of, uh, of 12 sons of a man uh, named Jacob, uh, other, otherwise known as Israel. And he was the grandson of Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of all of God's people. And when they entered the promised land, generations later under the leadership of Joshua, uh, all of the tribes were given uh, parcels of land where they would live, 
where they would cultivate the, the ground and raise flocks. And ultimately, this land would sustain their livelihood. Uh, all the tribes were given land except for the tribe of Levi. Uh, they weren't given any land. Instead, their tribe were, was given a, a few special cities scattered throughout all the rest of Israel to live in. And they were set aside. In effect, they, 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 were, uh, they were like strangers uh, amongst all the other people of Israel. Uh, they, they had no place of their own. They, weren't, uh, they, did, had no, uh, they had no physical inheritance to call their own. Um, instead, their inheritance was the priesthood of God. Um, and that role, the role of the priest, was a very special role. See, they, they were called to serve as mediators between God and all the people that they were scattered amongst, living with. Their role was to reconcile all the people they were living among to God. Uh, by offering spiritual sacrifices on behalf of those that they lived among. Um, in short, priests were servants. Priests were servants, set aside to serve God by serving the people. They, they, they weren't set aside to serve themselves. They had no land to cultivate or flocks to raise for themselves. They weren't there to serve themselves. They were there to serve the people, blessing everyone that they lived among. Uh, but but all of that changed after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension into heaven. Uh, you see, when Jesus physically left uh, his, his people, uh, he promised that he would send the Holy Spirit to be with them, uh, to, uh, uh, for everyone who put their hope and their trust in him. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which many of you know, uh, we really focused on that all last fall, uh, Jesus said, uh, said this, if you remember. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And so on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on God's people, as Jesus promised, the church was born and something crazy happened. Uh, everyone who received the Holy Spirit became a priest. Everyone. Jesus' disciple Peter explained it best in his first letter um, in chapter 2. Uh, Peter said, you are God's holy priests. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Well, what Peter is saying here is that you are a priest. If you have surrendered your heart to Jesus you've, and received the gift of his Holy Spirit in your life, then you're a priest. You, you are as much a priest, or to use language that, that we use more commonly today, a minister. You are as much a priest or a minister as I am. He goes on a little bit later in that same letter to say this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, you have been drafted onto God's team, into the body of Christ, the church. And in this series, uh, we're, we're going with a little bit of a sports theme. 
uh, because I'm convinced that that the, uh, the team metaphor is a, is a great metaphor for the church. Uh, the church isn't just, you're not just adopted into the church, God's family. Uh, you, you're not just a, a member of uh, or a part of the body of Christ. You, you are a member of Team Jesus. Uh, you, you are drafted onto God's team and your role on that team is indispensable. Uh, you are a top, a top prospect drafted onto Christ's team. Uh, you, you, we might not have a director of children's ministry to introduce you here to today. That was our original hope, that today we, we would introduce you to somebody and, and, and uh, they would cast great vision for what would be happening in the children's ministry into the future. And we don't have that today. But in a sense, God is reminding us today that each and every one of you are a vital part of his team. You know, can you imagine what it might look like if a faith community took this seriously? For those of you who are newer to this, this concept of, of everybody being a minister or everybody being a priest, um, it's commonly referred to as the priesthood of all believers. And it is a core belief that we try to practice in and around our church family here. You know, the early church practiced these values and, and they transformed the world. I mean, everybody was all hands on deck. Everybody was, was a minister, was a priest in the early church, and it, it radically transformed the world. But somewhere along the way in church history, uh, the practice of the priesthood of all believers got lost got lost somehow, and you began to see a rise and an increase in the role of the professional minister who, who is the one who does all the ministry of the church. And it, and it would look something like this. Um, imagine the sports analogy where the mission and ministry of the church is like a football game. And in the, the Old Testament, uh, Levites-only priesthood view, uh, the game would go kind of like this. Uh, I, Andy, as the professional minister of Troy United Methodist Church, am, am out on the field. And, and you, you, uh, you might even extend that to, say, uh, Pastor David. Uh, maybe he's out there on the field with me and, and some of our other staff like, like Tim or Kurt or, or Clint or, or Emily or, or Dan or, or any, any Lisa, any number of other uh, staff are out on the field with me. And, and, and uh, you all are in the stands watching. Think of it like a big state. You're, you're watching, you're cheering or booing, depending on, on how it is that we're doing as we try to advance the, the ball down the field, right? And so uh, you're, you're out there, you're watching. You're watching the game. You're, you're watching, we professional ministers, you know, I, I hike the ball to myself and I, and I drop back and maybe Kurt and Dan are there blocking for me. They, they seem like they'd be good blockers, right? And so then, uh, uh, you know, I fake the handoff to Tim and he jukes everybody. He fakes everybody out. He, everybody thinks he has the ball, messes the cameras up. And, and I drop back, maybe, maybe I fake a toss someplace else and, 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 I, and I pull back and I throw down the field to Dave. Dave is there ready to jump, make a leaping catch. And we don't know if he catches it or not, but if he does, you'll cheer. And if he doesn't, you'll probably boo and heckle. And... <laughs> And if we do really well, if we're, if we're playing the game great, 
then you might even invite some of your friends to come and watch this exciting thing, this exciting event happen next week when it all goes down again. Uh, but if, if we're not doing too well, uh, then, then you maybe get tired of booing. Maybe you heckle from the stands a little bit. You should have done this! You should have done it. And you, you heckle us a little bit. And then, uh, but, but if you get really fed up with the team, uh, then maybe you go find yourself some other priests. And you, you watch them play on the field as you cheer from the stands, uh, as they try to fulfill the mission and ministry of the church. But in the ministry that practices the priesthood of all believers, you, you all are drafted. And, and you come out of the stands and onto the same field that we're on. And, and some, of you, some of you are are so uniquely gifted and talented to be blockers. And some of you are a heck of a lot faster than some of us. And, and so uh, you're, you're going to run with the ball. Or, or, or you might be a great passer or a great receiver uh, or, or a great tackler. And, and so uh, instead of cheering from the stands or the, or the sidelines, you get onto the field. And you play a vital, a vital role in the mission and ministry of the church. You see, when, whenever we do hire a director of children's ministry, we, we're going to have the temptation in our minds to think, oh, goodness, they're going to come out onto the field and they're going to tag me out because <laughs> they're a lot faster than I am and they can run uh, a lot further and they can jump a lot higher than I, than I ever could. <sighs> I, I just cannot wait until they're here. But that's not how the church of Jesus Christ functions. He has sent his Holy Spirit to empower every single one of us to be a vital part of his mission and ministry here on earth, to be his witnesses telling people about him everywhere. We are all priests or ministers called to serve each other and to be a witness in the world. Uh, of course, there are particular roles that each person plays and that God has set them aside for. And, and quite honestly, we, we've worked real hard um, as, uh, as a church to assemble a staff team that can fulfill the role that the, the Bible essentially gives uh, gives them. Um, I'll, I'll read just a, a little bit about that. We'll go more in depth with this next week, but, but in Ephesians chapter four, it says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The, the apostles, the, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility, hear this, is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. I want to emphasize verse 12 here. Our staff team is responsible for equipping God's people, y'all, to fulfill the mission and ministry of Jesus and build up the church, the, the body of Christ. Uh, so in our game analogy, uh, our staff team would kind of be like player coaches. 
And you don't see that too often in sports anymore where there's a, a player-coach combination where they're, they're out on the field, they're, they're modeling what it's like as they, they teach and equip and coach uh, the, the rest of the team to carry out the mission and ministry of the church as we live into God's vision for us. Uh, as a staff team, we're not hired to do the, all of the ministry, but to equip and coach the rest of us as we carry out God's mission and ministry for the church. And, and this morning, uh, I, I want to take just a little bit of a time to emphasize how this fits, how it specifically fits with uh, a children's ministry in our church. Um, I, I don't think you need me. Is it all right if I just hold on to this ball? I, I just feel a little more comfortable with it. Uh, eventually, I'll, I'll maybe hand it off to somebody else, but I, I feel safe with it right now. Uh, but I... I don't think you need me to tell you how important ministry to next generation is. Uh, but let me remind us. You know, our mission as a church is to invite people on a journey with Jesus. It's a creative way to say that our job as a church is to, uh, to take people who are not yet followers of Jesus who are not yet disciples of Jesus Christ and do everything that we can to help them become disciples of Jesus. Uh, people who are not yet disciples to become disciples. That's why we exist as a church. And it's our hope, it's our prayer, it's our uh, most of the time well thought out strategy as a church to do everything that we can to, to invite the broader region around Troy UMC uh, all the surrounding communities and towns, invite people who are not connected to a church home to invite them to get connected here. And, and we, I, I tell you, we work hard to do that. Every week uh, as a church, we may have a couple to uh, more than a dozen first-time guests in our church. In fact, some of you here today might be first-time guests in the church. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. You are a big part of why we exist as a church. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, some of you, uh, if you're a first-time guest, some of you may, may already be wholehearted followers of Jesus. You've already made a commitment to Christ. You've been filled with God's Holy Spirit. And maybe you've, you've moved to the area and you're, you're not yet connected to a church home. You're looking for that community to, to be connected to. And, and we hope this can be that church community. But, but some who are first-time guests aren't yet followers of Jesus. They're, they're checking things out. They're exploring. And you know what? It takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and resources for us as a church to continue to reach out and invite those who are far from God um, into getting connected to the church and introduced into a relationship with God. But I tell you what, it is worth it. Um, and it's our mission. And so we do it and we give our hearts for doing that. And we get to see from time to time, we get to see the fruit of that when people's lives are transformed as they encounter the, the, the love of the risen Christ. And, and that's our mission and we do it. But you know what? God has, God has already entrusted us with dozens and dozens of people who are not yet disciples. There are children and God has given the church collectively the task of raising our children up to know the love of Jesus and to follow him with their whole hearts. Every time we have a baptism, 
of a young person. Uh, we, we as a church family, you all, you make a vow. You, 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 you speak with your lips words like this. I, I usually will, will ask a question. I'll say, uh, I'll ask a question like this. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and include these persons or this young child or this family into your care? You, you remember me saying that from time to time? That is a regular part of what we do in a baptism. And then you all, you respond like this. Uh, let's, instead of me just reading it, let's, let's read this together. Let's get this on the screen. Uh, here's, here's your commitment. Say, let's say this out, out loud. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Now, this is important. Here is what that did not say. That did not say, we've hired somebody else to do that. You know, the children and the youth entrusted to our church are our greatest mission field. Not just in sheer numbers, although an argument could be made that in sheer numbers they are too. But by the level of discipleship impact that our investment can make in the decades of their lives that are to follow, in, in their, their future families that they'll have, in the children and grandchildren that they will have, and in the mission and ministry that they will pick up, in some cases start and carry out for the decades of life that they have yet to live. Studies show that, that half of people in this world who call themselves Christians came to faith before they were 13 years old. And two-thirds of people who are Christians, adults who are Christians today, came to faith before they turned 18. We have a huge opportunity right before our very eyes. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. We must disciple our kids well. I just have to be honest with you for a minute and make a little bit of a confession. When, when I got the call a couple weeks ago that the person we hired for uh, this ministry had changed her mind, it, it felt like a real punch in the gut for me. Uh, it hurt. Um, but after, after praying and, and listening to God's voice speak to my heart, I realized, here's the confession, uh, that I hurt mostly because, um, because now this was going to require more of me. And I didn't like that. Um, God, God convicted me that I had a, an Old Testament priest mentality. That we would hire this person and, and they would come in and, and um, make, make things better and, and, and do the work so that I didn't have to. 
And that was a cop out on my part. And I, I've repented of that mindset and that, that attitude. And so I, I want you to hear that I'm ready to put my money where my mouth is. Um, and so is the rest of our staff team. Uh, you know, two Sundays ago, you may have seen me floating around a little bit in my Cubs jersey. Uh, oh, yeah, who's in first place in the National League Central now? Uh, uh, but <laughs> right, let's go Blues, right? Okay, okay. So, um, anyway, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I, was, I spent the majority of, of that day uh, with the children in the children's ministry. And, and it was wonderful. I was so blessed by the heart and the dedication of our volunteers who were down there uh, giving their best to disciple our greatest mission field. And you know what? Uh, it was May 5th. We had over 70 kids that day throughout our morning between the ages of birth and, um, and fifth grade. Over 70 kids, and, and we have about 125 kids in that age range who are at least somewhat regulars in our church. And two, two of them are my own. Uh, they're, they're getting ready to be past that age group real soon, but they're, they're still in that age range. And, and I, I tell you what, uh, in order to disciple them well, it takes all of us. It, it is not just the role of the staff. It's not just the job of the parents. Hear this, hear this. It's not just for a select few volunteers who actually like being with kids. It, it is for the entire church community. And I want you to think about what your role is going to be in discipling the kids that God has entrusted to our church. You know, a few of us, a couple weeks ago, we went to a children's ministry conference at the beginning of this month, and, I, uh, and we learned a lot. Our eyes were opened up to some of the great possibilities of, of how God could work in and through our children's ministry. We were inspired. We came back on fire, and we brought our learnings to the, the, the broader staff team and, and some other committed parents and, and volunteers. And on June 2nd, we're... Uh, at noon, uh, we're going to roll that out and share with the entire church, whoever uh, st sticks around and comes to that, we're going to roll out what, what uh, the, this new curriculum can really do if we join in it together and, and share uh, the love of Christ with, with these kids. And uh, especially the way that it involves parents and families and, and volunteers. Um, and everyone is invited, but especially parents um, and, and current and prospective volunteers uh, and kids are welcome. Everybody is welcome. Lunch will be served, a light lunch. Uh, but in order to make any of, of this great vision possible, uh, we need everyone in our church to answer the question, in what way am I going to be a part of this team? And, and in your bulletin, you've got a couple of things today. I want to draw your attention to them. First, You've got, as Deb shared, your connections card. Get that out right now. Everybody, uh, get out your connections card. And uh, I want you to put your name on this like you do every week. If you don't do this every week, do it this week. Uh, put your name on it. If you've never filled one of these out, uh, you might want to put your address or something too, a uh, way to, to contact you. Uh, I want everybody to grab one of these and fill that out today. And, and secondly, you've got a little, a little brochure that looks like this. It has the Journey Kids uh, logo right on the front. It says, get 
involved. And this gives you uh, brief descriptions of 10 different roles that you could serve in to support the children's ministry here at Troy UMC. And, and as a staff, we've, we've looked at these roles and we've looked at, at the curriculum and what it takes every Sunday morning. And what we've done is, is we have identified that, that, that we need at, at least 25 different volunteers every Sunday morning. Um, and, and to do it really well, uh, we think that means about 40 volunteers every Sunday morning. But 25, we can get by with 25. Just to give you an idea, on May 5th when I was, was in the children's ministry, we had 12. We had, we had a dozen. Very committed. I thank God for them. Uh, but not nearly enough of them. So here's what I want you to do. In a few moments, after we give God our financial offerings, uh, each of us is going to also make a sacrificial offering of our time and energy to invest in the next generation. And, you know, I see some young people here today too. Uh, this can be for you too. If you're over fifth grade, this can be for you too. Uh, there are opportunities for people of all ages. You just got to be over fifth grade. So, but if you're a guest or a volunteer, uh, a guest or a volunteer, a guest or a visitor uh, <laughs> uh, today, uh, this, this is not for you. This is for people who call Troy United Methodist Church their church home. And I want you to take your, your connection card and after our offering, uh, don't put this in your offering, in the offering plate when it comes by. Instead, hold on to it. And once that plate passes you, then you can get up and go to one of the 10 orange buckets on the side of the room. Um, and they each have a, a label on them, and I'll share about those in a second, and put your connection card in one of those buckets. Uh, now, uh, this, each of these buckets represents one role, um, and I want you to think about which role you feel like you might be able to do with some sort of passion and enthusiasm. Uh, you, you're not committing to it. Okay, so, so you can feel free to put your card in the, in the bucket. You're not committing to it, but what you are saying is this. You're saying, God, I'm considering it. And I'm open, God, to you using me somehow, some way to raise up the next generation to know you. And then after our offering time, each of us will get up and, and take that connection card to one of those 10 stations around the room and drop it in the bucket. And, and here, I want, you to t I want to tell you what the buckets are. Uh, up here, uh, furthest, furthest one front on your right is a greeter bucket. And we need someone, people who are, uh, will be there to welcome parents and kids as they come in, help them get checked in, direct them to whatever classroom that their age group uh, is, is for them. And... Um, and then that role, you can actually attend worship service. Uh, you can come, you'll just be a little bit late. You'll miss maybe the first uh, couple of songs, but you'll be able to be in here for the rest of that worship service or stick around and fill another serving role like the host role. Uh, the host role, that's a, an upbeat personality who doesn't mind being in front of a group of kids uh, carrying out a pre-planned script, uh, setting the stage for the lesson of that day. Uh, we also need gifted people. Uh, the third one there is to be music leaders. You do not need to play an instrument. You do not need to be able to sing. You just need to have some sort of energy and uh, be willing to learn uh, some kid songs and their dance motions. You know, some of you, I know you pay good money to go to Zumba class. 
You could do that and actually lead kids into the presence of God by being a music leader. Think vacation Bible school with, with music and, and, move, and moves that go with it. Um, also, we're looking for storytellers, people who can read or, or memorize a script like a drama and carry it out in a meaningful way to teach kids the, the lesson of, of the day. Uh, we're also, uh, the last one on that side in the back, we're also hoping that some of you who are good with computers would be willing to run tech uh, for the kids' ministry each week. You don't even have to be really great at computers. We can teach you. Uh, but you and you don't have to even really like being with kids. You just have to care and, and be willing to work behind the scenes in this, various, uh, this very important role. And now on this side, up in the front, in this front table, there are two buckets that are really the heart and soul of our children's ministry. And we are praying in a church with like 500 people who are here each week, uh, we are praying for nine, at least nine people to, put, uh, to be willing to be a small group leader and, and commit to being with kids uh, consistently for a few months at a time. Uh, this is definitely our biggest ask. It's our biggest commitment. Uh, but it is also, hear this, so many times in ministry we, we, do, we do stuff and we don't get to see the fruit of it. We just hope that something good is happening because of it. Um, not so the case with a small group leader. You get to see kids grow from week to week um, and how God is working in their lives. That, that is the greatest commitment, but also the greatest fruit is born from that. And I know that God has prepared some of you for that role. Um, every week we also need an assistant. And, and uh, just to give you an idea of the small groups, they're broken down by age group and there uh, will be eight to 10 core kids who are, as small group leader and assistant, you're responsible for. And, and the, the groups are where discussion and activities are carried out a little bit before and a lot after the large group time where, where the hosts and the storytellers kind of communicate the lesson for the day. But we also, the third bucket here, the middle bucket on the side here, we also need some highly organized people with leadership gifts to consider being directors. In fact, this is the role that, that uh, my card will be going in that bucket as a volunteer. Uh, when I'm not preaching occasionally, I will be in children's ministry as a director uh, and having fun doing it. Uh, uh, but outside of Sunday mornings, uh, the two buckets back there are some outside of Sunday morning ministry opportunities. Uh, we really need a prep team to help uh, kind of do scavenger hunt stuff, track things down and set the stage thematically for our monthly themes in children's ministry as, as well as kind of weekly gathering supplies uh, so that the small group leaders have what they need at their hands when they come in that Sunday morning. Um, and then the last one is our prayer team. And we know that we can do everything as we have planned and do it perfectly. But if God's spirit doesn't show up, then, then it's all for nothing. And so each week for the first five minutes of our serving time, our Sunday team, our Sunday volunteers will join together in prayer. And we want uh, our prayer team to be there too so that we, we could have you know, dozens of people join together in prayer before a children's ministry starts each week. And I think, I think that put a huge smile on God's face and open up the door of possibility for him to work in amazing ways. So what role is God calling you to? Uh, maybe you don't know right now for sure. Uh, here's the deal. Just take your best guess. Just take, take your best guess and, and yet choose one. Choose one. 
If you think there'd be maybe more than, than one of these buckets that you might be passionate and enthusiastic about, um, then uh, write, write that on your card, but then put your card in one bucket. Everybody. Got guys too. Gosh, we need guys with our, with our kids. Um, if you're a married couple or a dating couple, uh, you can do this together. You can serve together. That, that counts. <laughs> uh, but, but everybody, unless you're a guest today, and if you're a guest today, take your filled out card to the Welcome Center in the back and exchange it for a gift. But everyone else, uh, after the offering plate passes you by, uh, get up and put your card in a bucket as your act of worship today. Uh, I've got my card ready too. Uh, remember, God has entrusted these precious kids to all of us. They really are. They are our greatest mission field. And, and, and hear this. This has brought me, just, just broken me every time I think about this. Um, we do not want, as a church, we do not want the kids that God has entrusted to us now to one day grow up and become adults, unchurched adults, who are far from God that some other church has to reach. We don't want that for our kids. We want our kids to, to be the foundational leaders of God's church around the world for decades to come. We want them to feel the joy of being drafted onto God's team at a very early age and, and, and be a part of the priesthood of all believers. Amen? And, and that's not going to happen. It will not happen unless together all of us disciple them well. Let's pray together. As ushers, you can prepare to come forward as, as we pray. You know, Heavenly Father, I, I, I've prayed a version of this prayer as a dad how many times. But as the chief shepherd of this church family, I want to pray it now and just say thank you. Thank, thank you for entrusting these children into our care. When we see them, Lord, help us see them with your eyes as precious kids who are ripe and ready to respond to your call to follow Jesus. And help us see that you are calling each and every single one of us to play an important role pointing them to Jesus. God, God would you move in the lives of the children and youth of this church. Lord, lead them to know your love and to respond to your love by saying yes to following you. And Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to move in us right here and now as we take that first step in answering the question, in what way, Lord, do you want me to offer myself as a living sacrifice and help these children come to your feet? Father, would you take these financial offerings, but just as importantly, these time and energy offerings and multiply them for the sake of your ministry in this world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, amen.
in my heart. Pray.